What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, Zach's a black tiger and Sean's a shitty dad because we're watching The Beastmaster. I've never seen a pilgrim who could use a staff the way you did. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Sean. That makes me Zach. And this week we are watching 1982's sword and sorcery fantasy film, The Beastmaster. Beastmaster! So Beastmaster's got a rating of PG. Ooh, whoa. (laughs) Is that... Definitely before the ESRB. (laughs) So we have some some boobies in this movie. I'm going to say that now. Don't, Don't bring the kids. Um, this movie runs an hour, 58 minutes. It was written and directed by Don Coscarelli, relevant to the show because Phantasm. Yeah. Um, he also, he was, uh, he co-wrote this with Paul Pepperman, who also <laughs> co-wrote Phantasm. Paul Peppermint? Uh, no. Peppermint Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I just read uh, Don Coscarelli's True Indie. I've been talking about this for like six months on the podcast. I'm sure you guys. <laughs> so last week I finally sat down and just finished it. And then I've been in a mood, so I've just been reading since. But I learned a lot about this movie in that book. Nice. So oh. we'll... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, you kept bringing it up. So I was like... And, you know, I always felt like this movie sounded like it was right up my alley. So I was like, we're going to do it. I, I saw it was on Prime. So I was like, oh, well, Beastmaster, let's do it. Well, we're going to figure out if it is right up your alley. This movie had an IMDb rating of 6.2. It had a budget of $9 million. Did it make money or lose money? Mm, I'm gonna say it made money. It did make money, fourteen point one million in the box office. This movie is also like famous for being on HBO all the time. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised when there's like fucking f- five movies and like a two or three TV series on it. That's true, and uh, <laughs> all starring Mark Singer. Yeah. Well, and we're gonna talk about Mark Singer, but the show was uh, so much of a staple on HBO that people used to call HBO "Hey." Beastmaster's on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious. That's um, really good. So, a quick synopsis on this movie. An animal-controlling warrior seeks revenge against an evil emperor that cursed him before his birth. It's kind of... Okay. It's kind of rough. I mean... That's like... I don't know how to it, really That's like somebody it. told you what the movie's about, and then you told someone else that. Yeah, the telephone synopsis. Exactly. Uh, we're going to go through the movie, so you'll get a better understanding of what it's actually about. Uh, so this movie was Don Coscarelli's first attempt at a Hollywood movie wow. after Phantasm. Okay. I think that's pretty wild. And it was only three years later, I believe. It was 82 that Beastmaster came yeah, out. Yeah, and Phantasm, I believe, was 79. 79. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I think is just, in, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about why his Hollywood career didn't necessarily blow up after this movie. Uh, so Mark Singer <sighs> plays Dar. He's in The Young and the Restless, Durr! he's in Arrow, he's in all of the Beastmaster properties. He's in a lot of shit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is, I was like, I don't really recognize this dude. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Uh, honestly, he's not really got a mug <laughs> to talk about. Well, I, anyways, we got Tanya Roberts, who is Kiri. She's, uh, she was in Charlie's Angels, the original. She was in Fantasy Island. And She's she Midge was in Midge that 70s show. 70 show. Yeah. Dude, so like, watching it, I kind of was like... She's really familiar in this weird way. And so I had to look up what she had been in. And I was like, I was like, Tanya Roberts. Oh, isn't that Midge? And like, so I looked it up and I was like, oh, dude. <sighs> she aged really well. She did, but shoot, dude. She looked really good back in 82. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also have Rip Torn, who RIP, I mean, he's, he's sort of a, a character on the Watt, uh, in the Watt land. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, and, you know, like, I grew up watching the Men in Black movies, so, like... And he's actually... Torn. He's in Canadian Bacon, movie we just covered recently. Right. He's also in uh, Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> you see that on here? Yeah, as well as uh, Dodgeball. I already Ball. looked at his today, too. Yeah, Patches O'Houlihan. Yep. Uh, we also have John Amos, who plays Seth, and I love him in this movie. Oh, yeah. J- John Amos in any movie, really. Honestly. Like, come on. Now, John Amos, you'll know from Roots, Coming to America, Die Hard 2, a fucking plethora of movies and yeah. television. He's an, he's an awesome actor. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Singer, I'm going to get into why I'm maybe not his biggest fan. 
He was physically confrontational with Don Coscarelli on the set of this film. Yeah, he's kind of a kind of a bully. And if you, I mean, okay, to be fair, I'm getting one person's side of the story here, and I understand that. Don Coscarelli is a fucking teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, he honestly is such a like cool, calm dude. And to hear the way that Mark kind of like literally like physically picked him up and like threatened him because of a misunderstanding, it's sort of just like whoa, dude. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the rest of the making of this movie kind of did not go uh, Don's way. He almost, like, quit at one point. It was that bad. Yeah. The music by Lee Holdridge is relevant. And, actually, it's pretty good in this movie, I'm going to say, first. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty fitting, pretty good. Now, Lee Holdridge is relevant because he scored Transylvania 6 5000. These are, it's like this movie was made by all of the people for, that have made, I, I don't know, I guess we've covered enough movies like that have like characters from, you know, Hollywood history that kind of span yeah. a lot of different stuff. Like De Laurentiis comes up a lot. I'm going to address the panther in the room, the black panther in the room. Yeah. It's a tiger that's dyed black. Yeah, which, I mean, they never say it's a panther. No, but it is supposed to be a black panther. Really? Yeah. Why not just have it be a tiger? So, this uh, good question. Tigers but, are cooler anyways. Great question. Um, <laughs> I will say this is a loose adaptation of a novel. I don't know if that is something that they did keep from the novel. Huh. Uh, with that being said, they picked the tiger because tigers are easier to control. See, they could have even, which I'm not really for the dying thing, because it's probably, like, not good for it. Um, it. I literally did, though, just in case, because, like, you never know. Right. But I looked up black tigers, which oh. I found, like, a photo of one that kind of looked similar to this. Although it's, like, normal fur kind of showed through a little more. It was a screenshot of uh, the tiger from this movie. No, because it was like it was like actually in a zoo with like another one or something. Gotcha. And then all the other ones were just photoshopped tigers where it's black and white, but not like not like a Siberian or uh, uh, I don't yeah. know what kind of tigers the white tigers are, but it, it wasn't like that. It I was gotcha. like reverse. It was like reverse that. I love sword and sorcery sets. I'm gonna yeah. say that right off the bat, especially when they're done like in this movie really well, <clears throat> and. There are some movies that don't do it that well, but Conan did it really well. And the set in this movie reminds me a lot of Conan. Yeah, definitely. Go back to our first episode for Conan. This is what I mean. This this movie's like hitting every beat of like our just our show's catalog. Exactly. So, I think the effects in this were done by someone from K and B. So I, probably Greg Nicotero. But I think that a lot of the practical effects in this are very Evil Dead, and some of the ways that yeah. the people are shot is very Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had some pretty interesting cinematography to it, and most of the props were pretty cool. And it kind of bugs me because I think I feel like realistically, um, these animals could have been abused a little bit in parts of getting them to do what they needed to do. Yeah, that, we're going we're gonna to get into that at one point. Yeah. A but, specific scene. But the thing is that, like, all the animal acting was so good. I, I will actually like, address... I will address something that Dom brings up in the book. Uh, the ferret... Or the ferrets and the tiger never had an issue. Oh, the bird, though. I, I don't know about the bird too much. Uh, he also didn't bring up the dog. Which is something I'm going to bring up in a little bit because there's some questionable. It's a little trivial the way they went about getting that scene. I think. Hmm. Okay. We're gonna. Oh, we'll see when we get there. I think I kind of know what you mean. Okay. Um. So speaking of some of the prosthetics, Rip Torn's nose in this. Okay. His beak. I was gonna say, dude, he's got a like, a honker there. So yeah. like, I was. But at the end, like, it looks normal. That's the thing, is I was like, what happens? Is his nose, like, shrinking? I wonder if they filmed some stuff with that, and he was like, I'm not wearing this. Yeah. Because he's, like, I mean, he's a pretty respected dude, but I can imagine he's also a pretty serious dude in real life. Yeah. Oh, Rip. Uh, I love Rip Torn. It was cool to see him, like, acting in something earlier, because I don't think I'd ever seen him in, uh, well, excluding, although, wait, when did Canadian Bacon come out? Uh... 89, 90? Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say, excluding that, I don't think I've seen him in anything before Men in Black, the first one. Right. Like, 
ever. Same, but I'm I'm actually really interested in going back and exploring his catalog. He's been an actor since the mid '50s, and he killed it in this movie. Yeah, I really liked his acting in this. He's a great actor. What did you think <laughs> of the four sides, the the three witches? Uh, very cool. Uh, very sexy. Until you see their faces. Uh, I Dude. mean, yeah, but put on a bag or something. And now just, before, just bag that shit. Before, someone, before someone's like, misogynist. No, I look know, at these right? women because they are terrifying. I mean, and they are meant to be. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. If, I mean, if this is your thing, I guess. I don't know. I mean, there definitely has to be like a ski mask or something. So this, the king shows up and tells, uh, his name's Mayax, which is, Mayax. this is Rip Torn's character. Yes. Um, that his sacrifice isn't acceptable, which then Mayax kills a man in front of him and then threatens to have the king's unborn child cut from the mother. Oh, he orders his dudes to kill themselves. Right, right. Now. They have those cool, like, whips with the spiked metal endings. They throw it up and then, like, the other side's a noose and they, like. Very crazy. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. So the whole the whole problem uh, that Mayax is having is that the four sides they prophesize that this baby's going to be his his death. Yes, the unborn child. So he decides that he's going to have one of these witches go to the king and his bride while they're sleeping, and have the baby transferred from the mother's body into that of a cow. Which they don't really explain this. It just starts happening. Very weird. I thought this was very cool, though. I was pretty into this. I, I thought it was very cool. And it looked good. Absolutely. And so after this, we get another crazy effect where one of the witch, uh, she brands this baby's hand. Yeah. And I thought that was wild. It actually made me cringe. Yeah, because the baby, like, they got the crying really yeah, good with they, it. They did. And, like, yeah. The sound design in this movie is awesome. Yeah, this movie like has some pretty good production value to it. Which is so funny, because I just heard someone say that they feel like um, those awards, like, the best sound design is for the people that are like, yeah, you made a movie. And, and I mean it actually, like, seriously right now, though. Like, it actually is really good in this movie. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny, because I think that is kind of true. I hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It, honestly, those categories should definitely be, like, a, a bigger deal. They should really be paying attention to that stuff. Absolutely. Um, a wanderer, some wandering man, uh, sees this uh, happen to the baby and he ends up killing the witch or quote-unquote killing the witch because she sort of just disappears. Uh, she does kind of fight back, but then he ends up saving the baby. Yeah. He raises the child. It's which his this now. Is, this is dog. Once you kill a witch with a baby, you get the baby. That's how it It's works. yours now. Which I'm not gonna. I'm not going to ask about the details on this. But anyways, Dar gets raised as uh, his new father, trains him to be a fighter. And uh, after the way a, of the boomerang, after a bear attacks one of the villagers oh. that lives with them. Yeah, that scene was pretty nuts. Pretty brutal. I was like, whoa. But like, I'm like, what's it going to be? And then it's just like, a, I mean, I say it's just this bear was like freaking like 12 feet tall. Dude, it was huge. It was yeah. a huge ass bear. It was also the cutest bear I've ever seen in my whole life. It had the softest yeah. looking ears. It was so adorable. Bears but it was massive and terrifying. Deceivingly cute animals. And yeah, you know, he kind of just looks at it and like, he kind of like this yells bear, at it, right? This bear also doesn't really gnash. Oh, spoilers. Teeth. Did we say spoilers? Oh shit, throw it out there. Spoilers! Uh, so yeah, no, he, he, he does sort of, uh, no, he doesn't yell at it at all. He just stares at it. Right, okay. That's and right. then it goes away, which is sort of misleading because throughout the rest of the film, he talks to these animals. Yeah, which I wish... It would have been easy to do with, like, some uh, sound dub and sure. whatnot. I wish they would have had him doing the ferrets and the tiger, too. That's Instead, funny. he just goes, ah, like, every 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked that. But I wanted to hear some tiger roaring coming from, too. Although, I, I didn't want it to be him. Sure, I wanted, wanted them to, to dub, the like, tiger. a real tiger right. over him. That would have been interesting. Yeah, right? Like, so... Uh, so Dar grows to be an older man, and he goes and works in the fields, and, uh, one day his village gets attacked by the evil emperor's army. This is where things get a little unclear for me. I actually wrote a question about this at, after watching the movie. Me too, because the <laughs> end made me kind of reevaluate some things. Yeah, like, who's really the bad guy in this movie, and who's, like, what's the movie really about? I, 
Dar goes back to his village and he attempts to fight back. He ends up getting un- uh, knocked unconscious. And here's where we bring up one of the issues that I think I have with this film. And uh, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm going to say that. Dar is dragged out of the village by his dog. Which his dog has an arrow in its side. Yeah, this was this was a very wholesome moment, and because I saw the arrow, and I was like, "Oh no, that dog's dead." Same, and but it drags him, and I was like, "Oh, maybe not." And I'm gonna say this: the practical effects with the arrow looked great. Yeah, um, um, th- now, I will. Now, if you're planning on watching this movie, I'm gonna give you a warning: this dog dies. Yeah, we're gonna get into that because the way that they did this, I was thinking, man, that's a great prosthetic dog. Oh, it, no, it's a real dog. It's breathing. And you it, can see it breathing very faintly. And it I one, couldn't tell when I was watching it. And at one point, if you watch, its ear flicks. Like oh, it's really? Like it's back and then oh, okay. I now, thought you were going to say they, like, sedated it. And I, that's what I was going to say is I think they did. Interesting. Because there's no way you're going to get a dog to act as limp as they got that dog to act. That's how I felt, too. I was like, well, I don't know. Play dead. Possibly. But, I mean, man... Right. No, absolutely. I agree. And that scene's rough. It was really, it was really just sweet, though. Yeah. Because he laid it on his dad and then mm-hmm. put his dad's arm around the dog, too. And we see that when he does this, he does sort of a, um, a village burial type thing where he, he sets them in a circle with a line straight through it. And this seems to be his symbol. Yeah. Uh, and then he sets them on fire. And it's yeah. sort of a Viking funeral type thing. Yeah, it's like a, uh, what do you call that? <sighs> There's a word for it. Somebody's going to comment a on Jedi's it. A Jedi's funeral? No. It, no. But yeah. Yeah. So during this village fight scene, though, before the dog thing happens, there's this really cool uh, trick that he does where he uses an arrow to sort of, or a uh, shield to catch an arrow and then uses the same shield to kill a guy. Yeah. And like pounces on the dude. That was tight. It was very cool. That was one of the core things in this movie. Um, You also get some naked boobies at 17 minutes and 55 seconds. I'm glad you uh put that in here because I didn't I absolutely did. I got your back on this one, boy. I, I didn't see those, but there is another one in a little bit. Oh, so. you didn't see them? No. <laughs> yeah, dude. She's just right. It it literally looks like a uh, that one scene we talked about from Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Where the chick uh was like it was like Being alluded to that and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Uh so Mark Singer's ripped as hell. Yeah. And that's why he got the cast. Uh, or he got, yeah. That's why he got cast in this movie. Here's what I'll say though: his acting was actually pretty good. It's I liked it. It's obvious why he has had a long career, regardless of how I may subjectively feel about him. And which maybe there was some miscommunication, and he wasn't like that again. I'll even say maybe he was just a young guy who was being prideful and acting out, and he grew out of that. Sure. Maybe he felt That's like all. Don, you, you know, like you, you've heard about the stories with like actors being like, like sure. you're, you're not a, you're not a director and like they walk all over him. I mean, that's what like Tropic Thunder's about. He's like, totally. you gotta spank him, you know, like it's just, uh, I'm not going to get into it. Right. I'm not going to get into it. I, I think that we should leave it alone. <laughs> so, uh, blah, 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 blah. we get some beautiful helicopter shots, uh, of this movie, the sort of eagle eye view. Yeah, which when they're on that river, I was like, dude, how'd they not get ripples? Uh, well, I guess they could have been zoomed in. Yeah, they would have had to have been. With because telephoto. I was like, how'd they not get the ripples on the water? They would have been really high up with a telephoto lens. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you guys a short story about how this scene almost killed Don Coscarelli. <laughs> so he was flying his plane. And I'm going to say right now, too, uh, I'm not going to really go into a lot of detail as to the behind-the-scenes stuff, because you guys should really go read his book. It's really good. Go read the book. Buy it. Support uh, the man. Yeah, read the source material. Yeah. Uh, he is still making indie movies, and I adore him for that. So, anyways, they were scouting these uh, these areas, flying in the helicopter, and at one point, uh, Don referenced it being some sort of old... Uh, he referenced something. I don't exactly remember what it was, but he, he basically caused them to pull the helicopter directly up. And they realized that if they hadn't, they would have hit an old surveying uh, line Oh, for the water. And so it would have essentially tore the helicopter in half. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's like, like he recounts it and the way he talks about it is like, Whoa, dude, really? that's scary. Like you almost died making this movie, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. <sighs> Anyways, uh, read the book though. Cause he goes more into detail on it and he actually explains why it happened. And that's probably more interesting than what I just said. Yeah. 
we see Dar's kind of playing around with this sword, and I'm going to say, it's pretty cool. It's got the sort of serpentine uh, cross guard on it. Yeah, it's an, uh, <laughs> it's an Alibaba sword. <laughs> oh my god, it's so racist. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. You tell us, I guess, but... Uh, I might just cut it out. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so during his journey, Dar's belt is stolen by ferrets. He chases them until he falls off of a cliff into quicksand. Yeah. They then save him by chewing on a branch of a fallen tree. <laughs> Extremely quickly. However, one of them falls into the quicksand and gets pulled under. I know. Dude, my heart sank when... Because, like, he gets out. Yeah. And he didn't immediately, like, grab the thing. Foreshadowing, by the way. And I was so upset. And yeah. then he kind of looks around like, oh, where'd that ferret go? And then, like... And then he tries to, like, find it. So I was like... Well, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, so he reaches his hand back into the quicksand to find the ferret. And even then, it's like, oh, man, he might not find it. Because it kind of seems like he's not able to. But then he does. And you know. So now that's another thing is, like, they put those that ferret in there. Which, by the way, it's not real quicksand. I know. But, but yes, you're right. And I That yeah. poor little guy. He was so scared, probably. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, that's what I mean, man. Like, they... They had to do some shitty yeah. shit to get the animals to do some of this stuff. And it's like, is but, it really worth it? Like, yeah. yeah, you got a reaction out of me that was real. But, like, man, I don't use a prop for that, I guess. I, don't I, know. I kind of agree, unfortunately. Even if it wouldn't have looked as real, I would have felt better about it. Yeah. Well, and it was covered in sand anyways. Like, totally. They, they could have faked that pretty easy, I think. Totally. Uh, by the way, Toto in Poto. Toto in Poto. These, uh, these ferrets. <laughs> it was like he's like... You know, I've re- just really been into, uh, uh, what's that band? Oh, it's Toto. Toto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've really been into Toto, so I guess I'll name you Toto in the, what rhymes with Toto? Yeah. Poto. 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 Yeah. Uh, these ferrets, I'm going to say, are hilarious in this movie, albeit a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're definitely the, uh, comedy relief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Dar begins to have visions from a, a Panther's perspective. I'm going to just say Black Panther's perspective. That's what they reference it as in the, in the Wikipedia. <sighs> That's so annoying. I know. Even on IMDb when somebody does the quote of him talking about like my, my sight, my strength, my strength, or my sight, my cunning, my strength. Yeah. Whoever wrote it wrote Tiger. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. Funny but I mean, it is IMDb. So like anyone who watched this was like, That's a Tiger. Right. Uh, yeah, so he sees uh, visions through the panther's perspective. He ends up going and trying to save it, but he gets attacked, and then ends up releasing the tiger panther, and they take these guys down. Yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. And this is sort of where we start to see him really embrace using the animals to help him. He's actually, I think he gets the bird before he gets the uh, the ferrets. Yeah, I think the eagle just kind of starts following him. Yeah. Or is and it he- a hawk? No, it's definitely some it's sort of eagle. eagle? Okay. Um, or, yeah, no, it's an eagle. Um, I think it's a golden eagle or a vulture eagle. I'm not sure. So this is where the movie can drives a hard confliction into me. Dar sort of becomes the bad guy in my mind. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He stumbles upon two topless women bathing in a waterfall. Yeah, which, uh, hey, guess what? 35 minutes and 43 seconds. More boobies! It starts out at 35, 11 seconds. That's true, but she's so far away, I didn't want to count it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, which is so funny. So as when it was like initially really <laughs> far away and you could barely see them, I was like, we're going to get boobs. And Rachel goes, how do you know? And I was like, you'll see. And then it goes up and oh, shows yeah, them. Oh, like yeah. You already see the other girl. Like, duh. She's like, how'd you know that? And I was like, it was the 80s. <laughs> that was the yeah. way, like, it was the 80s. The like, 80s. Of course. 80s, yeah. 80s rules. Um, boobs. Movie. Yeah, so uh, Dar ends up sort of using his ferrets to steal their tops, and then his tiger to scare her. Yeah. Uh, the one of the girls, because the only one of them really comes after him. It's Kiri. Oh, the other chick is just washing away the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't give a shit. She might not even notice. Uh, This part, man. So I know! He forces a kiss on her, jumps on her, and then she sort of attacks back and... You know, they kind of go back and forth, and they question each other. Yeah, they have this, like, This part made me feel real uncomfortable. He's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Because he, yeah, like... I'm going to say, looking back with the quote-unquote woke eyes, right? You know what I mean? The sort of, like, the modern eye of 2020. This movie just, that part's not going to fly. Yeah, absolutely. It's 
dated for sure. But at the same time, if you jump past that scene for me, they don't really do much of it again. This movie, I'm going to say also, they still, don't it still do really that. does have the male gaze. I will address that as well. There's another scene. It was the 80s. That's what I'm going <laughs> to say. You got to listen. It was the 80s. Come on. Now, Rachel did say, though, she goes, well, they sort of linger on Mark Singer a lot. And you could say that that's sort of the opposite. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that he was really thinking that. But I suppose you could see that. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know. Um, Two white guys. I don't know that we have the, r- the right <laughs> to even really make the decision. I just you tell us what you think. I'm on your side. Yeah, watch it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, so she explains that her name's uh, Kiri, and she's a slave to the evil emperor. Which I'm like, dude, if you're a... S- oh, I guess... Okay, I was going to say, if she's a slave, and she's just out there, why didn't she just run away? Dude, you couldn't fucking... I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's like, no, you're not a slave. You're pretty free. Like, yeah. just get out. So <laughs> this is where the movie gets the coolest for me. This is where it's right up my alley. Oh, yeah. So Dar and the animals go searching and they find a group of bat like monsters. <laughs> yeah, Dude. it's like Voldemort's like cousins. They're like Voldemort and man bat. Yeah, like mixed. They're creepy looking, man. Uh, and sort of like uh, Jeepers Creepers, the, the the creeper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so apparently they like kidnap people and lock them up and then make people soup. What is it with sword Brutal. sword and sorcery movies and people soup? Conan. Yeah. Remember the hand? Yeah. That's odd. This one, it's a full fucking face. Yeah, it's a whole head. Uh, it looked like somebody, Michael Myers. It looked like a Michael Myers mask. That's funny. Uh, yeah, because it was kind of bluish. Yeah. Bluish gray. He unlocks a guy from a wooden cage. The guy tries to escape, and this one of these monsters wraps its wings around him and just spews vomit on him that melts his body. Okay, I thought it... I didn't realize that it spewed on him. I thought he kind of just, it, like, crushed... It juiced him. I don't know. See, I guess but I But I was assumed, like, why is it green? That's why I guess I just assumed <laughs> that it, like, was spewing You're probably on. right. And they have these weird, almost, like, anteater-like mouths that go down. Okay, see, that's... sort of flat. I thought they just had flat mouths. Like, no, like they had no mouths. Gotcha. That's, yeah, no, I think they like, had a sort of anteater-esque. You're probably right. Uh, which... And they're clearly the, just dudes in a suit. Which is Lovecraftian as fuck. Yeah, a little like bit. Like, it actually is. There's a character that is that, basically. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah. Before Dar gets attacked by these, like, weird creatures, uh, the, the eagle lands on one of the statue of, like, this bird god for them, and so they, like, back <laughs> off, and they're cool with him. Yeah. And then he goes to walk away, and one of them hands him this, like, medallion. With the eagle, they like clasp, yeah, clasp his sword, and there's almost this moment where you think they're gonna like have a tussle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it drops it down in his sword. So then he has this medallion which he never wears, but he just has with him. Yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. We then get a scene of Dar standing over Mayax's castle on the rocks, and it looks like he's standing next to a miniature, and he probably <laughs> was. Uh, I was a little bit in and out with this movie last night. I ended up passing out about halfway through, so I had to sure. watch the rest of this when I got back uh, from work. Well, this is where Dar enters Mayax's kingdom disguised as a pleb, and he watches with the crowd. He watches with the crowd as Mayax sacrifices a child uh, to the fire, and then a second child is picked from the crowd and brought forth. Dar sees Kiri in line and watches as the second child is dropped into the fire. Now, using his abilities, he makes the eagle grab the child before she's burned alive, and Mayax sees Dar, the only one not kneeling. Interesting. Yeah, I was I didn't I didn't notice that part that yeah. he was the only one not kneeling. He's the only one standing and him and Mayax make eye contact. Right. Okay, then, I do kind of remember that now. And then Mayax looks to the um the eagle which is like flying around with the kid and it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then he looks back and Dar's gone. Right. And so after this is where we're sort of introduced to the child's dad who becomes sort of relevant later on because he's sort of the chauffeur. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's the getaway car. Oh, absolutely. Getaway cart, um, I should say. Because it was a cart. Uh, yeah, so the, the dad explains to uh, that Mayax kind of holds control over the kingdom and that he, he got rid of the king. Yeah. I think they maybe alluded to the king being dead. They did, and I assumed he was dead. Right. Which... This is where we find out that... Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. We find this out a little bit later. So I'll Yeah, wait. it's definitely later. Um, it's, like, way later. <laughs> sorry. So Mayak sends his men to find Dar, and they he gives them a ring that has an eyeball on it. It's very Hocus Pocus. 
With the book. It was a cool prop. I loved it. Because it looked super real. It did look super real. It was a bit eerie. But yeah. very evil fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, they end up, they essentially use it to find uh, Dar pretty much like immediately. Yeah, the witches have like a cauldron where they can see what the eye sees and some other dude walking around wearing the ring. So if you've seen Hercules, think the three witches. Uh, yeah, the, the fates. Yeah. They're, okay. they're like that. It, exactly. For sure. Um, which, I mean, it's all, I, I suppose it's all like relative mythology. Because I, I started looking at it today and there's like so many different things that use the three witches, but it's all pretty much the same thing. I mean, that's like Jesus. Yeah, we're not going to have this conversation. On I the know, but, it, but all I'm going to say is that, that the character that represents the same things is in a lot of different other mythologies. You're not wrong. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not. Everyone can Google it. Superman. Look it all up. That's American mythology. Uh, well, that's... Sure. Uh, after Dar is attacked by Mayax's men, the tiger is trapped in a hole, and uh, Seth appears and sort of saves the tiger by killing this last man. Uh, well, he pushes him in there and sure. says, now you can fight the beast on its terms. Right, right, right. And this is where um, Dar sort of shows up. Because the guy helps. chased it into the hole, I think. Right. And Seth is a pretty cool character. I Seth's mean, awesome. He has this uh, this kid with him, and we find out that the boy is the king's son much yeah. later. Which uh, he's also Kiri's cousin. Yeah, which... That was a random sort of plot. Oh, point. and this kid also looks like one of the Jonas brothers. I think he's the bonus Jonas. <laughs> that's so fucking. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> this kid also takes the ring from the guy's hand. No, because he's wearing it for the rest of the movie. He doesn't take it though. He, um, it's one of the ferrets takes it, and it's in Dar's bag. Ooh. I and see. so when he's explaining all his animal friends, uh, he's like, "These are my thieves." Gotcha. Uh, they, you know, they take what they like and whatever, and he's like rings, whatever, and empties the bag, and that's where that ring is. Then the kid picks it up. He's like, "You can have it." Okay, I got gotcha. you. So the kid does essentially end up with this ring, which is important. Yeah, it is um, important. And the scene why I it up. with it is like pretty. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and so after this night with Seth and Seth, with Seth <laughs> and his young protege, uh, Dar finds out that the boy is Carrie's cousin. We brought that up already. Uh, but Seth starts to grow sort of suspicious of Dar, and then Dar searches for Kiri through the eagle's vision while the others are sleeping. They wake up to him just, like, staring at them, which was really <laughs> creepy. Uh, but it's funny, because from his perspective, he sees through the eagle's eyes, right. so it's not like he knows <laughs> what's he's going on. He's staring at him <laughs> sleeping. He's just, like, rock hard, too. Oh, God. Uh, God, I'm reading uh, American Gods, and there's so much of that in it that I'm like, oh, I did not expect that in this point. So <laughs> you saying that is uh, fucking me up a little bit. Uh, so we find out here that Kiri's on her way to be sacrificed. Not the way anybody else gets sacrificed in this movie, though, which made kind of no yeah, sense Yeah, this to me. time with a knife, so. Well, wasn't he going to, like, drown her? No, but one dude tries to kind of drown her. Yeah, that's what I didn't really understand. I was like, what's happening uh, here? Yeah, I think he was just abusing her. Uh, just being a piece of shit. Well, Dar, Seth, and the boys sabotage the, uh, their like ceremony. Uh, more soldiers on horses show up, and they somehow escape on a raft without dying from arrows that are just flying <laughs> their way. This part kind of made no sense to me. Yeah, because I thought the point of them... So they cut the one side of the rope because, like, basically this boat thing, in order to like keep it steady on this river, or whatever, it like is looped through a super long rope from port to port. Yeah. Every time I come, I produce a quart. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> uh, and so, like, they cut the one side, which makes sense. So the other dudes can't like try to pull it or something, or I don't know if it would even work that way. But they cut it. I was like, oh, that's smart. But then they cut the other side, too. And I was like, okay, they're probably going to, like, paddle away now or something. And they don't. They just kind of drift away. Yep. That's how they escape, slow and steady. Is it like, well, they're going to run out of arrows eventually, so... Which is essentially what happens after, like, 35 seconds. Yeah, they didn't have many with... I guess they, like, weren't really, like, prepared to have to shoot a lot of arrows. Because they didn't really have a lot of... It was a sabotage. They end up making their way back to Mayax's pyramid sacrifice thing they go through these tunnels 
Which uh, I was like so confused why he left and then went back. Yeah. What was the point? I'm gonna say right now this movie's a little too long. Could have been cut down. I think there's stuff yeah, that should have been cut out. I I kind of agree, and I think some stuff maybe needed to be like rearranged. Maybe. Well, we get a little bit of a subplot <laughs> about how Mayax's like soldiers are being created. These like super soldiers. Yeah. Which is kind of irrelevant to the whole rest of the movie. It was cool. Well, not really, because that's where you start to see him. But, but yeah, it's not brought up any other time. That's it's what I not mean. like, oh, we'll look out for his super soldiers. It's mostly what are you just... talking about? Well, he's got these guys that are like these crazy dudes with all this, like, punked out shit. And they're really say, scary. Though, I will say, the way he turns them is pretty cool. Because they, they do this thing where they, like, pour this crazy green liquid in a leech into the ear. Yeah. And they put a mask on and it, like, turns the brain into, like, insanity or something. Yeah. But, uh, this comes up only so that we can see this guy chasing the ferrets who have the keys. <laughs> Literally the only reason he's in this. Well, then they, like, use the whole army of them to chase out the... Because you see, yeah. like, you see a bunch of them first it, when they go through that hall. Which, this was a cool shot because I was like, oh, cool, more, like, weird, like, fantasy creatures. Because you don't know they're just dudes wearing stuff. They look like these, like, monkeys with claws and, like, spikes on their arms. Yeah, yeah. Because you also see the glowing eyes. Yeah, the first time you're exposed to them, they look pretty eerie. I was like, I don't know what we're getting into here. Exactly, and I was like, dude, this movie, like, hits some cool stuff. You get the bat things, um, and then you got these. I was like, they kind of, like, threw in quite a bit of... And then with the tiger being black, I didn't know if that was supposed to be, like, special. I didn't realize it was just that it was supposed to be a fucking panther. Yeah, it's just a black panther. <laughs> so uh Kiri ends up leading them to her uh her now blinded uncle who is the boy's father. They escape with him through some hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. Um <laughs> some shenanigans. Yeah, they do end up getting out though. When they're on their way out, the gate is closed. Uh-huh. And so the ferrets have to climb up and chew down the rope, but then they get discovered by a, a soldier and then the rest of these soldiers come chase them out. But then it all kind of just works out last minute. I love how the ferrets, like, always get away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, almost always. Right. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, but they always get away. We get kind of a weird scene here where this blind old man rejects Dar. He calls him a freak. Yeah. And we're going to find out later why, obviously. It, but, yeah, uh, it's kind of odd. He sort of, like, yeah, he tells him to get lost, and he does. And we get some weird scenes of Dar crying, Carrie does show up to apologize to him for her father's actions. Kind of doesn't really mean shit to him, and I don't really uh, blame him for that. It it has, like, a way bigger meaning, though, when you find out who he is. I know. Uh, this is where Seth also sees the boy's ring open up and the eyeball moving around while he's sleeping. He throws <laughs> it into the fire and it explodes. He stabs it first. Oh, he does. Okay. And it bleeds. And then the witch goes like, ah! Oh, brutal. Yeah, you so missed that? Little, yeah, I didn't That's why that. I was like, I this scene was cool. Up. And, like, so when they're looking in the cauldron and, like, it's you're seeing the view. The view of uh, uh, Seth was kind of a weird shot, but it was very cool still. Interesting. How they got that, because it was, like, this weird... Here, I'm going to try to... You're going to try to imitate it? I'm going to try to imitate it, because he was, like, looking at it, and it kind of goes, like... Oh. It was just... Yeah, it was just kind of this weird hokey shot, but it still looked good. Interesting. And it made sense. Um, But, yeah, and then he throws it in the fire, and he's, like... He's like, Mayax knows our plans. We have to leave. So this is where um, the man from the village, the kid's dad, kind of shows up and explains. Uh, he has a conversation Dar. with the bird, doesn't he? Uh, he talks to Dar. He shows up and talks to Dar. Oh, that's after. Because he was like riding. Uh, he was the one driving them around when they got to the, the pyramid initially. Was it before that then? The bird shows up at one point and he's like, don't take me. Because he doesn't know that the bird's with Dar. Oh, I And yeah, the bird took his that. daughter before. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so he sort of just explains uh, that Mayax took over their camp and that Kiri and the boy are being prepared for sacrifice. So Dar rides to the sacrificial ground on his horse. He uses the ferrets to release the prisoners and his panther to fight. Mayax rushes to sacrifice Kiri, but Dar arrives in time to save her. Mayax explains that the old man that rejected Dar is his father... Right. Before he kills him. Yeah. Which was an impactful moment. And that's what you were alluding to earlier. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. The, I, I actually didn't see that coming. He's the king. I didn't, but then once you first meet him, I, I was like, isn't that the king? 
Yeah, because but they know. don't talk about it. It was hard because yeah, his eyes are covered and he has the old age makeup on. So I almost was like, I don't know. If this is just but I just felt or... like it was supposed to be the king. Um, this is where the editing uh, or the like cut for the movie gets a little weird for me because it seems a little out of order. And it could have been written out of order like this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So Dar stabs Mayax, but he survives and attempts to kill Dar with the blade only to be killed by Toto, who dies with him. Man, this broke my heart. Yeah, they because fall into it was the fire. Like, why'd that have to happen? You gotta sacrifice someone, and he only had... He didn't want it to kill the woman or the man or the kid, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was bummed about that, too. Um... They try. They try to make it sweet too by giving you the when you see the other ferret at the end, two little babies pop out. Right. Yeah. yeah. They they were they were lover ferrets, not like brother ferrets. So dumb. Now, this is where cute. things get a little bit weird. So the villagers sort of declare uh, that Dar's their king, although that goes away in a minute because then they again ask him who if he's going to be king. Yeah. Like at the, at the end. But they sort of declare that he's king, and he sees um, another crowd of enemies on their way, so he decides that they're going to prepare to fight back. Yeah, and uh, they're all like, what do, what do we do? And like everyone's like, fight! Yeah. And then one dude's like, flee! <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> we're going to fight then. There I was. <laughs> that, you know, that guy was like, oh, fuck this place. Right. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Now, this, we get some cool <laughs> stuff here. I mean, the enemy has approached, and they kind of just rain arrows upon everybody. So uh, I feel like that moment, though, when he's like, we're going to fight. And everyone cheers. That's where the movie should have ended. Kind of. I kind of agree. Kind of feels like that was the ending. I I was like, this is cool. This is a cool setup for a sequel. And then I was like, nope, we're just going to show this bit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of ta- it felt tacked on. I'm going to say that. It was almost like they also like just really wanted to use parts that they've already laid out in the story that didn't get used, like the tar moat that's surrounding this place. <laughs> yeah, because they... So what happens is uh, one of the guys gets set on fire... One of the enemies gets it on fire, and Kiri kicks him into the moat, and it explodes. Yeah, because it's like toxic sludge tar. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is uh, maybe historically accurate. I mean, it is. Look at the La Brea tar pits. I just didn't know how flammable tar was. Yeah, me either. Um, There's like a couple more fights between Dar and some of the men, and then he fights their leader. They fight on a bridge. This is the weirdest fight ever, because the leader's on horseback for most of their fight. Yeah. And it's just the two of them on a bridge. Yeah. Oh, look, what the kind of, what, what else happened in here? Uh, this dude gets uh, knocked down by Dar, and he eventually gets killed. More enemies uh, approach, but then the bat creatures from before arrive, which is like a cool little, hey, remember these guys that we didn't do much with? Here they are. Yeah. Well, there's like this moment where they like retreat or something too after the fight's gone on for a while, and then the guy that originally is like going to throw the torch dies. And so then the kid goes and then right. Curie's like, no. And then she gets like stuck under the door as it's closing. And yeah, I mean, cause the, the boy gets hit with an arrow. He like dies. No, he's okay. They explain the next day that he'll be okay. And we're going to get into that. All right. Well, they said he, he says his, he was near. He's death. not going to be used his left hand for another couple weeks, but he'll be okay. That's oh. pretty much what he says the next day. Because I noted what I was like, so what, he can't give himself a stranger for a couple months. <laughs> like awesome. Poor guy. Uh, Poor kid. Yeah, so then this next morning, uh, Dar is addressed again and asked basically, like, so what, do you want to be king or what? And he says, no, you, the kid can be king, and leaves. Yeah. And that's the battle on that. Which I thought that was pretty cool, though, too. Yeah, me too. Like, would you, uh, I'm going to ask you a question you know, before we go into scores here. Did you have quotes? I mean, not really. I didn't either. It wasn't I, really I, anything. Yeah, there, this wasn't very much a quotable movie. Before we get into scores, would you watch the sequel? Yeah. Don didn't have anything to do with it. I'd still watch it just to see, and then, you know, my thoughts there are either going to be like, wow, I like this more than Beastmaster, or, wow, I liked Beastmaster 1 <laughs> sure. better than this. So, I, uh... But, I mean, there's so much, so it's like, <laughs> I feel like some of it's got to be good. I'm curious. Like, but why I... would you keep carrying that torch if it's not good? I'm curious, but I don't know if I care. Sure. That's kind of the spot. It's a weird spot to sit in. Yeah, I don't know. I get that. Um, I feel I feel like I felt that way with another... With, like, the Phantasm movies, kind of. <laughs> sure. Which is the opposite for me, ironically. I know. With, with uh, Coscarelli. Well, what do you want to rate the, rate the movie out of this week? Uh, I gotta come up with a good one. His cool boomerang he never uses in the whole movie? He uses it, like, once. 
Uh, sure, we'll go with uh, Cool Boomerangs. How many Cool Boomerangs out of five you given this one? I'll give it a three. Although, it's really weird um, because I kind of enjoyed this movie, but I was also kind of bored. But I also like thought it was pretty cool. Um, but I also, every time I watched it, though, I've just been so exhausted. So I think it's kind of hard to say, like, I was bored. I was also just, like, really tired. So, um, I, I would probably watch it again, just, like, when I'm really awake, just be, like, um, get it a whole sit through again. Uh, sure. but, like, I thought the cinema, cinematography was pretty good. The fight choreography wasn't the best. There were some times where it was pretty good, but, like, most of the time, like, you can tell when a guy's, like, so prepared to do what he needs to do to and, like, hit. not hurt himself yeah, or get out of the way for something else to happen that, like, you see it coming and it kind of, like, takes away. Like, when that one guy does this flip around the guy fighting Dar on the dock and you're like, okay, he moved there so that Dar can kick him into the water. And then he does. Uh. And then, like, when – in that same scene when Seth is fighting a dude, this guy, like, does this – flip jump thing and you see him go like you see him like plank in midair and like catch himself on the ground That's but he hilarious. was like falling because he got hit oh my god um and i was just like oh dude come on That's so awful. but like the, the cinematography is good all the shots of the animals and everything was like really good i was really shocked like that everything looked pretty good and how much they had the animals like doing stuff in it um but like i said i think it probably wasn't really ethical on how they got him to do everything they did. Maybe it was. Maybe it was fine. I don't know. Does he talk about it in the book at all? Some of it, but really? only the ethical stuff. Oh, of course. Um, and it's just... Even the unethical stuff could just be behind that and maybe with the training or something. And that's kind of what I mean. But sure. um, but that was like surprisingly good. I, I thought the story was pretty cool. Um, I did kind of think this was a better version of Sorceress. Oh yeah, like like fuck! I forget about that movie. <laughs> like, don't watch Sorceress. Just watch this. But even then, the... watch Conan or something. I think Sorceress is the one that I thought the sets were a little cheesy on. Oh, absolutely. Um, Dar was kind of like your Luke Skywalker meets Conan the Barbarian, not O'Brien, but um, <laughs> that'd be cool. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It was it, so it was you know it was it was okay, and the acting was pretty good. Um, yeah, man, like I give it a three. It wasn't, it wasn't awful. Um, and yeah, I'd recommend you maybe watch it once. Sure. It's uh, a little dated, but they're also playing with like barbaric themes. So, I mean, you gotta take it with that too. I would give this two and a half. I mean, they're not getting Yeah. And I kind of expected that they're not giving anyone, they're not throwing any F bombs or anything. And yeah. I don't mean fuck. So Right, right. It's you know. the, there's no there's no gay panic in it. Uh, yeah, I'd give this one two and a half. Two and a half cool boomerangs. It's it's a little long. It's a little dry. Yeah, because that whole scene at the end, like I said, if I feel like when after he's like, we're gonna fight, and everyone cheers, that's where it should like cut. I or like maybe maybe cut to them riding up to fight or I something. Think, I think, but especially for an an eighty two movie, that's a perfect ending. Exactly, and that's what I mean. Um, also, they don't talk about who those people are no. that attack. Not at all. And that's actually one of the issues I wanted to address. with. It's Wyatt. like they just wanted him to be able to get re- revenge or something. This movie is style over substance, unfortunately. And I'm going to say outright, my issues with this movie stem from Don Coscarelli's issues with this movie. And I maybe went in with pre- preconceived notions on that. And yeah. maybe that's, maybe that's my, my, uh, subjective opinion. Okay. Or, you <laughs> I was know, like, uh... uh, being swayed. But, yeah, you know, I think that it's filmed very competently, like you said. Yeah. The, the sound is amazing. The acting is good. The acting is really good, like surprisingly good. Yeah. I, I didn't Tanya think it was going to be as good. Was, uh, Tanya Roberts? She was incredible and gorgeous. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go two and a half. I, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd recommend it. I'd probably just say go watch Conan. Which even then we were kind of like on the fence about it. I mean, we, yeah, I think one, we both recommended it still, but yeah, but it, I, I think we both were just kind of like, cause that was another movie that was too long. It's kind of, I think I feel the same way about this one. Like you should watch it once. Maybe don't get too in like, uh, don't get your hopes it. up. Don't get too invested into it. 
Yeah. It's kind of like a filler movie with some cool action scenes. Now, um, I think my favorite, it, it's probably one of my favorite 10 movies, top 10 movies too, but I think my favorite sword and sorcery movie I've ever seen so far is King Arthur that came out a few years back with... Um, uh, Christian Bale? No. No. Um, he was just in something though. Right? Charlie Hunnam. Oh, I don't know that I'm familiar. Charlie Hunnam? Yeah. Uh, Pacific Rim... Sons oh, of Anarchy. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he plays funny. Arthur Pendragon. And, dude, that movie's fucking sick. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. No, I, uh, It's got it. Jude Law and uh, Eric Bana. Ooh. See, that's who you should have led with for me right there. Well, Eric they're not. Bana. Uh, Eric Bana's the king, so he's not in the movie a lot. It's my Hulk. Um, I love the Ang Lee Hulk movie, dude. It's actually it's like, not, cool. It is really cool, and it's it's not perfect. It's style but, like, over substance. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the worst part about it is the, like, because I could deal with how cheesy the whole movie is. Sure. Other than, like, the cool shit the Hulk does and fighting giant Hulk dogs. Right. Um, but uh, the worst part is when they try to cut scenes in like it's a comic book page. Yeah, that was the only and part I was that like, I was like, okay, come on. Uh, I think everyone in the movie theater groaned. Yeah, that's something for me that works for, like, creep show, but doesn't work for a movie for me. No, yeah, it's if you like. If you in a show, that's okay. But in a movie, mm, you're going to lose me real quick. I could even understand. It was just like, why? I say that although they do that in Creepshow the movie, because then it's they an do anthology, this. It's different. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, yeah. What well, I mean, a really cool modern sword, uh, sword and sorcery movie, King Arthur. It's super good. You you should see it. And my my sword and sorcery recommendation is Ash versus the Army of Darkness. There you go. That's a great one too. I love that movie. It's, it's my, pretty good. It's a perfect blend of my favorite genres. Yeah. Uh, horror and fantasy? Horror, fantasy, exactly. Okay. Maybe a little drama, but, and a little bit of comedy. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, there it is. With all of that being said, blah, 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 go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WAWWTPod, as in why are we watching this podcast. Yeah. Uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple, um, Stitcher, Google Play, and CastBox. We're on all those cool platforms where you can check out our stuff. And, and you can also leave a review, which actually is really good for us because it lets us know like how we're doing. Like do, you, like, do you like us? And I will say, actually, with that being said, our CastBox comment section is bopping. So head over there for some conversations. Are you mad? I think so far everybody likes it. Okay. Well, I wish they would just. I wish more people. I, I wish liked they would. It. I wish they would just say something. Yeah. Yeah. Say something about it. Tune in next week when Zach overly stimulates his pineal gland Ooh. and Sean brings his dead boss back to life. Peace, bitches. Dar was kind of like your Luke Skywalker meets Conan the Barbarian. Not O'Brien, but... um, (laughs) That'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah.